Hey, I'm Kate. And I'm Stella. We're two rad teenagers who like joking around and learning new things. On our podcast, we talk about the origins of anything or concept. From gingerbread houses to roller skates to Big Latin. Also known as Igpe Atenle. In today's episodes, we will discuss legendary monsters. So back, get ready to jam out because this is Sliced, Sliced Bread. bread. Hello, listeners. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, hey, podcasters. Hey, breadsticks. Hey, breadsticks. Hey, breadsticks. Hey, croissants. <laughs> croissants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to our second episode of Sliced Bread. I'm actually, like, really excited for this one because you have, like, a lot of facts. Mm-hmm. I've never even heard of the second one you're doing, so I'm excited. Oh, really? No, I haven't. Oh, and P.S. Remember Pliny the Elder from last episode? Guess who, like, created a bunch of mythical monsters way back then? Pliny the Elder. (laughs) Pliny the Elder. This guy is everywhere. (laughs) Alright, so... Let us jump into it, I suppose. Wait, I wanted to mention the email and voice messages first. Oh, right, right. Okay, so if you haven't been listening to the podcast on Anchor, there's a spot where you can leave us a voice message. Um, so you should do that. The personalized URL is anchor.fm slash sliced dash bread dash podcast and you can also email us at slicebreadthepodcast at gmail.com so leave any comments or questions we'd love to hear from you yeah if you ever want to give us some suggestions for episodes that you want to see or listen to then you can just hit us up (laughs) yeah i think we're gonna start doing a corrections corner at the end right yeah so if you ever have any thing that you noticed we did, we said wrong, or any wrong information, please let us know. Okay, shall we get started on the monsters? Yes, let us begin. Okay, so for my first monster, I'm doing probably one of the f- most like popular ones to start out, and that is Bigfoot. Bigfoot is this big, hairy, upright, walking ape. They're like six to nine feet tall with dark fur, and they live in the mountains, supposedly. The name Bigfoot came from, obviously, their big feet, which are said to be up to 24 inches long and eight inches wide which is like double the biggest men's shoe size. Also, here's an interesting fact that may have contributed to this name, but Bigfoot was a common nickname for large, aggressive grizzly bears before it was the name of this big, hairy creature. And the Bigfoot is also known as the Sasquatch, which is 
which comes from the Salish word Sasquets, meaning wild man, and the name Sasquatch was coined by J.W. Burns. Some similar creatures, some of these are also said to be the same creature depending on what source you look at. But anyway, we also have the skunk ape, the abominable snowman, the yeti, the hebagon, the yowie, and the yayali. But I'm just gonna call it Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) There have been many wild man myths around the world throughout time, but the modern concept was first widely discussed by the general public after the 1958 Humboldt Times column written by Andrew Genzoli in response to a reader's letter about some mysteriously large footprints they found. And I read about this in an article by Becky Little on History.com. Genzoli said, quote, Maybe we have a relative of the abominable snowman of the Himalayas. People reacted way more strongly to the column than he anticipated because they were just so fascinated. And so the official Bigfoot legend was born. Here are some examples of more, some of the more ancient wild man myths found around, um, found in modern times. On the west coast of British Columbia, um, from Kwaikutl or something, tribe mythology, the Zunukwa was a creature that was a big, hairy female, like large ape, I guess. And then also there were some Yoku pictographs found in California of giant hairy creatures called the Mayak Dadats. <laughs> Bruh, these words are hard to pronounce. Okay. Oh my gosh, yeah, look at my word of the day. (laughs) Oh yeah, I saw that. Okay, so I found that in a great article by Matt Blitz who talks about those ancient versions along with the story I'm about to tell. And the story I was also reading in an article by Gabriel Spitzer called Bigfoot Ruins This Man's Life Then Gave Him a Fresh Start which sounds kind of ominous. (laughs) And don't worry, it is. (laughs) Okay, so here's the story. Um, This is where the modern image of Bigfoot probably started with Bob Gimlet, Bob (laughs) Gimlin, who went with his Bigfoot enthusiast friend, Roger Patterson, in search of Bigfoot in Northern California. This would be three years after Genzoli's newspaper column. And Roger Patterson wanted to go search the area where tracks had been recently found and were said to be big footprints. Bigfoot footprints. Okay. Um, what I mean by modern image is like that classic Bigfoot pose, like, you know, He's mid-step with, like, his arms swinging and looking over its shoulder. And, yeah, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look up a picture of a Bigfoot. Anyway, they were riding on their horses deep into the woods of Willow Creek when Roger Patterson's horse got spooked by something 
and Bob Gimlin saw what it was. He was recording with a video cam while they rode in case they caught anything. Supposedly, when he jumped off his horse, that's what made the Bigfoot's head turn to look over. So, yeah, he claimed to see the Bigfoot that day, and after that, he did believe in it, um, which previously he had been more skeptical than Roger Patterson. But he still wasn't as enthusiastic about it as Patterson was, and their friendship was destroyed at the time because of this rift, um, and Patterson kept trying to sell their story against Gimlin's will, including this one time where he hired a guy to pretend he was Bob, trying to sell it to Hollywood. Oh my god. Today, Bob Gimlin is 88 years old and known for his roles in several films about him finding Bigfoot, so obviously he embraced the idea after about 35 years. Anyway, since then, Bigfoot has been a pretty big icon in American culture, and there have been many reported sightings of the figure or footprints, although many have been proved as hoaxes. Um, (laughs) sorry. I've heard there are a lot of podcasts about Bigfoot, too, from my mom. Shout out to her. So let this be your introduction. (laughs) Anyway, what do you think? Does Bigfoot exist? I I don't really think so. With a lot of these monsters, it's just a lot of, like, personification and, like, just over time, like, a story is made bigger and bigger, so. According to Angus Ride Public Opinion Poll, only 29% of people think Bigfoot is probably or definitely real. Oh, well. I don't think Bigfoot exists because all the evidence has been proven to be fake or something else, like the hair is just another animal's or the blood is transmission fluid or another animal's and stuff like that. But it would be pretty cool. Yes, I agree. Also, the, like, quality of images and videos, um over the years has not improved so it's pretty obvious that none of them are actual sightings of Bigfoot unless you think like the people taking it are just so shaken up that they can't like focus their camera which would be valid all right I'm done (laughs) okay do you remember that movie like that always played on Disney Channel that was like the one about I think Junie B. Jones and like the best summer ever because I used to watch that movie all the time and it had Bigfoot in it. I remember that. That was like the key character. I don't think so. It wasn't a very good movie anyway. Alright, I'm ready to hear about more monsters. Alright, so my first monster is gonna be Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster. The origin location is Lake Loch Ness in Highland, Scotland. So that's like North Scotland. Anyways, the name Loch Ness is derived from the Scottish Gaelic word for lake, loch, and the phrase the Loch Nizan. <laughs> that was a really bad Scottish accent. 
Um, this means there is a lake now. <laughs> this could be because of how the lake, which was previously frozen over for thousands of years due to the Little Ice Age in Europe, melted, making it only 10,000 years old. So, Loch Ness is basically a preteen in lake years. Aww. <laughs> okay, anyways. <laughs> The first written report of a Nessie sighting dates back to 565 BCE in a biography of St. Columba of Ireland. A man was said to be attacked and drowned by a monster that subsequently retreated after Columba demanded the monster to leave. In more modern times, the desire to find Nessie sparked around the 1930s. At that time, a roadway was constructed that encircled a lake, further increasing the curiosity and tourism of that area. There have been well over a thousand sightings of Nessie. Most of them include seeing three humps in the water or maybe a long neck and some other things. According to Adrian Schein, an environmentalist and expert on the monster, Many of these occurrences could be caused from the wake or ripples of a boat. So that's where the humps would come from, you know, if you're like just looking at the lake. Okay. He had also mentioned that long necks could have been easily an issue with depth perception, as it could have been a goose or a duck that looks a lot larger from a distance. So this brings me to the famous surgeon's photo. This picture has been proved as a hoax, and the Nessie in the pic turned out to be a model of its neck placed on top of a toy submarine. The person who took this photo was Dr. Robert Kenneth Wilson. There was a project set in place called the Loch Ness Project, and it was the search for a monster in the depths of several lakes, but mostly it was Loch Ness, and these were lakes in the UK. It's led by Adrian Shine, the dude I mentioned before. And the project started around 30 or probably more years ago and hasn't found any solid, solid evidence of Nessie's existence. However, some scientists have found evidence of many eels living in the lake. So the monster Nessie could have just as easily been an eel. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sounding so weird. <laughs> also, while I was researching, I saw that there was a Facebook event similar to Area 51 where people wanted to raid Loch Ness. Apparently, there was like 21 or yeah, 21,000 people who were planning to storm the lake to find Nessie last year in September. Like it was right after Area 51. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> And then I just saw in their event description that it said, the time is now for us to find Dad Big Boy. Spelled like B-O-I. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, to wrap this up, the allure of a giant monster lurking in the murky depths of Loch Ness most likely caused witnesses to take ordinary things like a goose, a toy or ripples in the water to be much more mysterious and monster-like than they actually are. My sources include Britannica.com, Uslid Online Public Library, 
highlandtitles.com and history.com. I like the origin of its name. <laughs> I know! Wait, <laughs> say the sentence again. Okay, let me just try to get a, an okay accent. The Loch Nizan. The Loch Nizan. <laughs> okay, I want to look up Surgeon's photo. Also, I really like the name Nessie. Like, I would name a kid that. I know! It's really cute. Aw, that totally does not look like it could be a big monster. I know! Like, it. I thought it was a goose, but no, it's like a toy submarine with, like, clay on top of it. Well, 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 yes, well. indeed. Alright. Alright, alright. Okay, we'll be right back after the break. Bye! Okay, we're back from the break. <laughs> it's funny because it wasn't actually a break for us. <laughs> yeah, it was about two seconds. <laughs> Today's word of the day is... Drumroll, please! <laughs> Kakor hap No, let me try it again. Kakor happhiobia. Phiphobia. Let me say it again. Kakor happhiophobia. There it is. There it is. Okay. This word is extremely long and it's defined as the fear of failure. If used in a sentence, someone could say, No, I can't sing on stage. I'm cacorhapphiophobic. <laughs> A synonym for this word is atichophobia. Or no, I said it wrong again. <laughs> Atichophobia. These words were very hard to say, as you can tell. So yeah, those, that's the word of the day. I'm glad you don't have cacorhapphiophobia. <laughs> I am because too. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't think you could have gone through the rest of that. <laughs> I would have just quit the Zoom call. Oh, well, it's already tried to do that on us twice. <laughs> yeah, true that. All right, time for the next mythical slash legendary slash whatever the best word for it is, monster. I am doing the chupacabra. Chupacabra. Which I feel like definitely isn't as well known as like the Bigfoot or the Loch Ness monster, but I mean, I still knew what it was and I think you did too, right? So. Yeah. I think from like a Scooby-Doo movie, I knew what it was. <laughs> I remember it from Pop Tropica. <laughs> Okay, anyway, the chupacabra, there are t actually two versions of what it looks like. Both have large red eyes and spikes down its back. In a Britannica article by Robert Lewis, it was described as a reptilian kangaroo. Um, yeah, and the second version, which is more of what it is known as today is on four legs and looking more like an aggressive hairless canine. 
Its name comes from the Spanish words chupar, which means to suck, and cabra, which means goat, because it sucks the blood of livestock. And that's where this whole thing kind of started, because people kept finding drained carcasses of their livestock. Kind of creepy. Um, this was in Puerto Rico in the late 1900s. What is it with, like, monsters and, like, eating and killing livestock? Like, I feel like that's a common theme. I mean, I don't know. Livestock is beneficial, so anything that kills it must be a monster. (laughs) All the chupacabras, well, the claimed chupacabras that were brought in dead, um which, by the way, would have been the hairless canine-type version. Um, They were all proved to be a dog, a coyote, even a raccoon, and even a dried fish in New Mexico. (laughs) And they all had this parasitic infection, um, like a skin disease called sarcoptic mange, which makes them all hairless. Sad mm-hmm. wild animals. That is sad. Okay, so the like number one dude for research on the chupacabra is this guy Benjamin Radford, who also looks into lots of other mythical monsters, but he's like the main person who's done any research on the chupacabra. He spent a lot of time trying to find out what happened to the original version, the reptilian kangaroo thing, which came from a single eyewitness, a Puerto Rican woman named Madeline or Madeline Tolentino. Apparently, she'd been watching a sci-fi horror film recently called Species that had a monster almost exactly matching her description of the chupacabra, so it became clear that she probably didn't see something that looked like it in real life, even if she thought she did, but it was still very influential. She was all over the internet and newspaper fronts, and after that, suddenly all these sightings sprang up all around the world. Yeah. Basically, since then, any weird-looking, aggressive animal is reported as a chupacabra, and the media images are mixed influence of Tolentino's description and just unhealthy wild animals that have been found. So it seems pretty evident that the chupacabra is not real. But my remaining question was, what was sucking the blood of the livestock if it wasn't a chupacabra or some other, you know, monster? (laughs) So I looked into that. Even before the chupacabra's existence, well, media existence, Puerto Ricans were finding dead animals with puncture wounds in the neck. Carlos Soto was a veterinarian And he was convinced something strange was happening and said that the wounds extended into the animals' brains, killing them instantly, which is most likely exaggerated. Benjamin Radford, the research guy, disproved this by reminding the public that many dogs kill animals with a bite to the neck. Oh, and actual animals that are bloodsuckers don't do it in that, like, vampire way with a bite on the neck. Also, when an animal dies, the blood flow stops, obviously, and so the blood actually goes 
downward in the body and thickens over time, making it look like they've been drained. Any farmer who, like, comes along and pokes their dead livestock, obviously no blood will spurt out, and it may look like there's no blood at all. So, in sum, the chupacabra was mostly a rumor heightened by the new public use of the internet in the late 1900s. This was like the first mythical monster that really had the use of the internet around it, which makes it easy to see how it could have been heightened so much. So I really don't think it's real, and mostly I just feel bad for all the stray dying dogs that were shot because people thought they were monsters. But I guess we'll never really know. The end. Wow, that was really interesting. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out where's my stance on this. If like monsters that were heightened in popularity by media and the internet are like an actual good thing like because so many bad things happened because of it people just like believing anything like all the dogs that were killed right because i feel like the most mystifying thing is how the image of the chupacabra just got changed so quickly Mm -hmm. that's like the power of rumors like this one woman says she saw this alien looking monster and she called it the chupacabra the goat sucker Mm -hmm. um but then like everyone was had a name to put to the monster but (laughs) didn't go off of the image you know you hear about one monster you start seeing a monster everywhere Mm -hmm. and then it just changed like the image of the whole thing into something more realistic looking yeah oh it's it's thundering outside i know i just heard it too my dog is gonna be really hi tut he gets really scared of thunderstorms so i'm gonna put a little sweater on him so he doesn't freak out oh (laughs) well Hurry up and come tell me about... Okay, okay. Ooh, what are you doing? <laughs> the Mothman. The Mothman. I do not know what that is. Really? No, because, like, I already told there's you there's tons of memes. Maybe I've seen it then. Okay, but I'm excited to hear about it. Okay, so, on to our last monster of the episode. Ooh. It's going to be Mothman. <laughs> So, if you've been staying up to date on your memes, then you'll probably recognize this monster as that little guy who really loves lamps. Oh. Or maybe you know it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was its name. Yeah, Mothman. Maybe you know him as the giant, creepy, red-eyed monster. But either way, let's jump into the story of some alleged sightings. All right. The day was November 12th, 1966, in Plendenon, West Virginia. There were around five men in a graveyard where a burial was taking place. They collectively saw a human-like creature soar above their heads from a forest nearby. Only three days later, there was a second alleged sighting in the small town of Point Pleasant, Virginia, of course, taking a pleasant evening drive 
a couple happened upon an old World War II weaponry supply area. Then, one of the supposed witnesses, Linda Scarberry, saw a giant six-foot-tall creature with beaming red eyes in the distance, now known as Mothman. Like many cryptids we've mentioned previously, there was a rapidly growing popularity and interest among Americans. This has led to a statue in its honor, a book called The Mothman Prophecies, a movie based off of that, along with a ton of memes about lamps and giant bug zappers. Now, the real question is, is Mothman real? The answer is probably not. The monster is most likely a barred owl, a medium-sized bird with a bright red eye shine which is like the red reflection. I can't speak, I'm sorry. <laughs> which is like the red reflection of light that has usually been reported as a Mothman attribute. So I was researching this and it was kind of like interesting, but like gross at the same time. They were trying to figure out what kind of owl it was. Mm -hmm. And at first people thought it was like just a standard barn owl but then they thought it was probably a barred owl because like the eye shine, which is, yeah, the like red color, that is because of like a collection of blood vessels near the eye, which is like really gross, mm. but yeah. that's just what it said, I know. So it just makes it have bright red beaming lights <laughs> in its eyes. Yikes. Yeah, it's pretty scary. However, the sightings, fandom, and memes surrounding this monster are probably here to stay. And that's a wrap on Mothman. The end. That one was kind of short. <laughs> wow. It's still interesting, though. These people probably... I think the six-foot-tall creature was probably a person. Mm. Well, okay, when I was looking it up, they said that it was like it flew from a tree like it jumped from one tree to another like for linda scarberry the sky. no the the guys yeah because that i think that would be an owl but like for the linda scarberry one where she just saw it standing well no because she also saw the bright red eyes right yeah and then there was like a picture that was kind of more recent that i mean could have been photoshopped but like it was this weird owl-like thing but with human legs flying across the sky it was just kind of weird <laughs> that was but... probably photoshopped <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it was like kind of a silhouette so you couldn't really tell mm -hmm. it looked mostly <gasps> like an owl but it was carrying human legs Ooh. <laughs> creepy oh no Oh, my sources. <clears throat> my sources for this monster were adubon.com, WCHS, Eyewitness News, and Insider.com. So do we have any corrections? I mean, the episode's only been released. I mean, <laughs> we got like 12 listeners, so <laughs> if this is the future and we're famous now, Shout out if you're one of those 12 people. Yeah, been here since 
the first? It's 100% people in our city. It's probably just our family. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. At least, I mean, 12 people. It's not that bad. At least it's not like zero. <laughs> well, I think that's everything we have today, is it not? Yes, I believe it is, Stella. I'm sorry you have to listen to this awful British accent. Oh, I want to know. I mean, from that poll I saw, only 29% of people think Bigfoot is probably or definitely real. But what about the other monsters? Like, Nessie. I mean, which one is most likely to exist? Um. I feel like it would be Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. Hmm. Definitely not Mothman, I don't think. Not Chupacabra. What's a nickname? Chupi. Chup. Chump. Chump? <laughs> Chump. Capybara. Cabriola. Oh, <laughs> Alright, let's go to the outro. <laughs> this was Slice Spread, the podcast, on today's episode about monsters. We'd like to once again give a special toast to our sources and our brains, because right now we're still doing this pretty much on our own. Who made this episode possible? To wrap it up, here's this episode's slice of advice. Limit your always and your nevers. Amy Poehler. Remember to take risks by going against the grain. And when things go awry and life gets a little crummy, just keep your bread up and stay yummy. Thank you guys so much for listening, and make sure to tune in for the next episode. See you next time! See you! I mean, talk to you. Listen to us next time. That sounds aggressive. (laughs) Bye! Bye!